Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. This message will self-destruct. What time is the game? It's time to begin the football weekend. And as they say in Tinseltown, roll up. This is a football Friday edition of Dirt and Spray. They had pride. They had talent. They had hats and t-shirts. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. Happy Football Friday, you morons. How we doing? How we feeling, huh? What is happening? Yeah, I'm just projecting out here, calling everybody else morons because we bet the over. God, you guys are idiots. <laughs> what the hell were you thinking? What kind of dumbass would make that bet? Yeah, that game was arguably worse than Colts Broncos somehow. Yes, yes it was. I, people tried to argue that it couldn't be worse. It was worse. I, you I thought it was worse? I thought it was worse. Mm. I don't care what anybody says. I know there was a touchdown scored. I was going to say there was. We, we, had we one, got a tutty. We got we one got tutty. tutty. It didn't go to overtime, though. I don't know if that's a good thing. It gave me more football. Not even Denver fan at the game wanted overtime in that game. I think you're forgetting the home crowd. They left. Left when it was going to overtime. That's how bad a football that was. Yeah, look, I, it, you can't really pick which one was worse because they were both awful. And it was such a <laughs> – it almost summed up the current state of baseball that last Thursday, because you had a lockout, you could not start your playoffs last Thursday. You had to start on Friday. Yeah. When you could have capitalized on eyeballs of people looking for something else to watch on Thursday night because that game was horrible. What happened? What's wrong over there? I, nothing. Okay. And then this Thursday night football game, which was horrible. Everybody wanted to turn off. And what happened to the evening baseball game? Got canceled because God out. got in the way. <laughs> it got rained out. So we had nothing else to watch. No, that's not true. We had an entertaining Big 12 game that I watched for a, a few minutes of Baylor, West Virginia. But that was your chance. You had another opportunity. Like, imagine, you know, Guardians and Yankees, 2-2 two to two in the eighth inning. And you're watching that instead of 12-7 to seven or what, you know, whatever the final of that stupid football game was. That was an opportunity, and they missed it again. Uh, can, I, can, I have, uh, can I read you a defense of last night's football game? Sure. 
as like a good thing. Sure. And we bet the over, and they only got 19 points. No. They got halfway there. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure people faded our picks as soon as we said it. We actually, I actually had a lot of tweets of people saying that they bet it. <clears throat> Sorry. You know, we win and we lose together. That's on us. We win and we lose together. It's a team effort here, guys. If you right. have a great bet, tell me and I'll bet it this weekend. I we, promise you. Throw, throw me your best football <laughs> bet right now. Fan text line. I don't even care what my gut instinct says. I'll bet it. All right? I'm sorry. We were trying to give you a good football game. We wanted a doozy. And Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus and the, not on me. the damn commies, they all got in the way. Okay? They all got in the way. So that's our bad. Don't you put this juju on me, Ricky Bobby. I, uh, I'm not friend. I wouldn't say friends, but I'm, I'm friendly and familiar with, and we've had him on the show before. He, he used to be a morning show host in Milwaukee, and our company, uh, 89, what is that term? 69? <laughs> 89. 86. 86. All right, we got a great drop already. First segment. Good stuff. I mean, I hope they 69 him before they did what they did to him, you know? Set him out on the right note. I can't believe you just started the show like that. How did your, how did your company fire you? Well, they started with 69. They wined me. They died me. I don't know what's happening. Um, it's too early for this. I'm sorry. I couldn't Whew. think of the number. That I was on you. I was still stuck on the over-under number. Yeah, 86. When 86. you're kicked out of a place, yeah. you get 86. Okay, you get 86, <laughs> not 69. Yeah. Um, so he got 86. Milwaukee host, Bart Winkler. Okay, he's an interesting guy. He's got a very dry sense of humor. Uh-huh. But I like him. And <laughs> he went the other way. He zigged when everybody was zagging. We're all zagging. We're all sitting there watching this. <laughs> Absolutely trash football game. Maybe some of you were smart and watched Baylor, West Virginia. That actually ended up being a high-scoring affair and, and came down to the very end yes. of the field goal. That was a good game. It was a good game. But a lot of us still were sickos, and we watched this game. Bart, he zigged, and he started tweeting, great game. I love Thursday Night Football. <laughs> Finished under three hours and a dramatic finish. Not sure what everyone's problem is. And then he tweeted, football. <laughs> He then followed it up again. No one asked you to watch this game. You watch this game because you like football. It wasn't an all-time classic, but it had fun moments and a thrilling finish. You're the problem, not the product. He then added, there have been like 15 Super Bowls worse than this Thursday Night Football game. The mob mean mentality is just so lame. He says, in particular order, the three things I would die for, my son, my wife, and having Thursday Night Football. (laughs) Wow, that escalated quickly. Uh, Like, is he wrong about the Super Bowl thing? No, there's been some really bad Super Bowls. You've had blowouts like Seahawks Broncos, Niners Broncos. Sorry, Bronco fans. Do you remember? um, Do you remember the Rams Patriots Super Bowl? Yeah, from the yeah we early two thousands. We had a coworker prominently come on the radio that Monday and tell us that that was a good game. And I remember going like, "Bro, I no, I fell asleep." Oh, the most recent it. one, yeah, the defense. Yeah. Oh, that game was horrible. Yeah, no, it was not the one one yeah. with the greatest show on turf upset because that was a good game. It. Yeah, I'm talking about that Patriot Ram game with Jared Goff. What was the final? Thirteen three or I something? Think something like that. We finally had a touchdown late in the game. Jared Goff was terrible. Threw a pick to ice it in the in the fourth quarter. That's still to me. You can say Ravens-Giants, like 41-7. You could say Seahawks-Broncos, um, 
Bucks, Raiders. You know, you can sell those to me. That is the worst Super Bowl to me. Yeah. That, that Patriot Rams Super Bowl. Because at least those other games, I at least got something. I got a Denver Broncos center pissing down his leg because of how nervous he was to start the game. And boom, a safety at the first snap of the game. And then you see the Legion of Boom laying wood. And they scored 43 points, had a kick return. The Ravens-Giants Super Bowl. At least the Giants started the game with a kickoff return. And then they didn't score the rest of the game because it's probably the greatest defense we've ever seen in our lives. And then you had the Bucks raiders I can just tell you on the Gruden revenge, going from the Raiders to the Bucks, and then opening up a can on the Raiders because Bill Callahan didn't change any plays. And so John Gruden was like, I'll tell you what, man, they're going to run the ball right through this turkey hole. And they did. They did. So at least you can, I can sell you on those games. That game is truly the worst Super Bowl I've ever watched in my entire existence. And that Thursday night football game was worse than that game. Yeah, I'm trying to look at. I can't come up with anything else that tops that. I'm trying to go in my I agree, lifetime. I agree with your take. Yeah. Like largely blowouts, there's usually a fun storyline. At least, like even one of the first Super Bowls I remember watching was Niners and Chargers, uh, a la what 1995, 1994. And that was, I mean, it was a horrible game final score-wise. It was never close. Steve Young had one of the greatest performances of all time. It's the greatest. No, it is, it is the greatest Super Bowl performance of all time, stat-wise. And it was at least, though, you got that. Like, it wasn't yeah. a close game, but you're watching somebody make history. I'm watching Jerry Rice score 37 touchdowns at a Super Bowl, and I'm like, this is, this is pretty cool. This is pretty sweet. So I'm with you on that regard. Like, 13-3, there was, just, there was nothing out of that game. I remember Tony Romo broadcast that one. And he got excited in the fourth quarter about punts. Ooh, that was a good one. And they were, like, analyzing punts. That's how bad that game was. Like, Bart's not wrong. We are the problem. The product isn't the problem. Like, we're, we're the ones that are watching this crap. And I guarantee you the number's crazy. And guess what? I watched, like, 90% of that game last night. Why? I don't know. I had nothing else to do, man. I was sitting around the house. There was no baseball playoffs. I watched 90% I watched about 90%. Wow. I mean, I was cooking dinner. I was yeah. We went for a walk. Like, I was in and out. I wasn't glued to the game because there was no reason to be glued to it. But... It's football. It's a Thursday night. So, yeah, he's right in that regard. But that was not like trying to sell me that that was a good football game. That's where you lose me. Steve Young was 24 of 36 for 325 and six tutties. Six tutties, yeah. No picks. (laughs) That's pretty good. A 134.8 rating. That is pretty good. I mean, I'd have to go find. I'm sure maybe there is a quarterback performance better than that. I'll just see if there's a higher QB rating in Super Bowl history. Yeah, I just, I, I don't. No interceptions. I mean, just unbelievably down. 66.7 completion percentage, yeah. which you got to take yourself back to the 90s. That was extraordinary. Yeah, so if you go QB rating, it's going to be tricky because there's some guys that have the, um, the like, oh, one for one. Like, yeah, get the hell out of no, here. No, I know. I, I, I just overall, we don't have to dive into it too much. I think it's the greatest Super Bowl so performance. Phil Sims technically has a higher one, but he was 22 of 25, 268, three touchdowns. Yeah, Steve Young. That's because he was the higher completion yeah. percentage. Uh, Joe Montana had a 22 of 29 for 297 and five touchdowns. Okay, that's pretty that's That was pretty in good. the, I think that was the, that was was the, the Bronco Broncos 147.6. You had Jim Plunkett, a 13 of 21, 261 and three touchdowns. How is that higher? That's stupid. Okay. Uh, Matt Ryan, they lost that game. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Troy Aikman, 22 of 30, 273, four touchdowns. Do you know Mahomes passed Aikman last week for all-time passing yards? With touchdown passes? Oh, touchdown passes? Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. you know that Mahomes has played 41% of the games that Aikman's played? <laughs> the NFL's a little different. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah the NFL's different. This list has Steve Young sixth, and I already don't respect this list. That's because okay. That's stupid. Um, 
You want to know how bad that game was? I want you to take a listen. I have two clips here for you, okay? I pulled some audio for you in the opening segment of the radio show here on a football Friday. Okay. All right. Jordan, the first one I want to play is the quarterback. And I want you to take a listen to both of these clips. And I want you to tell me, was there a winner from last night's football game at all? Let's start with the quarterback of the Bears and his thoughts in the postgame. We always get told that we're almost there. We're almost there. Like, me personally, I'm tired of being almost there. I'm tired of being, you know, just just this close. Uh, I feel like I've been hearing it for so long now. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, all you can do is get back to work. Um, that's the only reaction you have. Live and you learn. And get back next week and you know, keep, keep going. Okay. That sounds like a guy that maybe didn't win his football game. Let's go to the opposite sideline and hear from the coach in the postgame. It's been hard. It really has. You lose four games in a row, and everybody wants to get you, you know, just get on you. And they've played their asses off. They have. They've played their asses off for everybody. They come out, and they show up. They work hard. All right? They don't complain. Okay? They hear all the stuff, and they got to deal with it. I get that, and I respect them for that because they're resilient. They come back. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I don't want anything to do with Carson. Well, I'm guy that pulled out the sheets of paper that looked at the analytics that watched the tape in the freaking when we we're at indianapolis okay and that's what pisses me off because the young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time i'm sorry i'm done that was the winning coach he's in a good mood that's what that game did to it broke those us two. it broke everybody watching the game and people participating in that game it broke us it broke them that was the winning coach in the post game the funny thing about that i could rant about that for 10 minutes like that you're an idiot ron rivera i love you but you're an idiot you did that to yourself you you threw carson once under the bus don't turn this to a media thing you were asked, what's the difference between other teams in the NFC East and you? And you said, quarterback. You threw him under the bus. So to then come out after you win a game and act like this is some media narrative that's come out of nowhere, like you're the one that started it. I hate when people do that. We're using your words in the media. Now you're upset for the media for reporting on what you said. And I also think there's a segment there on Justin Fields, man. I don't understand what Chicago's doing he, he is really rough to watch at times, and then you see a couple of flash plays, and you're like, ah, there it is. He's a great athlete, and that touchdown pass, like, dude, that was an incredible throw, 50 yards on the dime to Pettis. Like, that was an, an awesome throw. They should have won the game. Mooney drops a ball in the end zone. They win that game, right? I just – I when are NFL teams going to learn <laughs> that you don't need to make the quarterback fit into your system? It's okay to fit a system around the quarterback. Like, there are examples of this working in the NFL – to the highest degree, and yet the Bears are sitting here saying, let's make them run a pro-style system. I bet it's going to work just fine. Like, What are we doing? If I were a Bears fan, I'd be pulling my hair out. So there were a lot of people on Twitter that watched. I'm going to do this for the next game. Next week's game is not great. It's like Arizona and New Orleans, I think. Uh, Yes. I'm going to watch. There's an all-22 feed of this game. With I watched the, it once this year. Did it's you? Fun, yeah. So I saw last night, a lot of people were noting they were watching this, and Fields was missing a lot of guys. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, he was running free with no safety on the top. Yeah, he had one on a third and short where he had a crossing route coming underneath that was open to pick up the first down on third and two, I think. And instead of hitting the crossing route, he threw a one-on-one -on -one fade on the outside, and it went incomplete. He had two plays at the goal line at the end of the game where he rolled right, and you had uh, Montgomery come out of the backfield on the left side. Nobody picked him up. He never even looked. Yeah. It, he knew where he was going, and he wasn't going to be shaken off of that. 
And so, like, I mean, in his defense, though, Mooney should have caught that ball. They should have won that game. Well, I wasn't talking about just that play. Yeah. It was like the first down of that drive. Yeah. Montgomery is on the <laughs> left. Nobody picked him up. He would have. He could have just. He was standing in the end zone, just tossing the ball. I think it's a weird combination for that team. One, their coach basically is less popular than Nathaniel Hackett. He doesn't look all that encouraging, does he? No, not at all. Okay, that offense they're running is incredibly boring. I mean, they hired him. You're like, who the hell is that guy? Eberflus. Um, and he's then a defensive guy. He's a defensive coach, yeah. He, I think he was a Colts guy last year. And then the other part of this is Fields might just not be good. You know, that's the tough thing is that draft class. Lawrence is probably the best-looking one so far because the Jags might beat the Colts again this weekend, but he's coming off of a very bad game. They should have beaten the Texans last weekend. They out, yes. they doubled them up in yardage. Yes, they did. Is the Jags better? I know this well. Trey Lance didn't play and then can't stay healthy. Justin Fields has looked awful, and Mac Jones hasn't played. And to be honest with you, I thought he got off to a good start. Nobody wanted to talk about how mediocre to not good he, did, he looked at the end of the year. And now Bailey Zappi's stepping in, and they're going to win games. And they're awkwardly not saying that Mac Jones is the starter if he's healthy. Well, he also doesn't trust the organization with his health. Like, it just, anyways, my point is that draft class, not good. Not looking amazing right now, no. even though it was a draft class that a lot of teams had interest quarterback-wise. I don't know what you do with that. If you're Chicago today, are you more upset at the coach and the scheme? Or are you more upset with the quarterback? Because I don't know how you how you pick one or the other versus, like, putting them both up there. Fitzpatrick is in the postgame telling me, well, he, he he's not this dude. He's not that guy. He just needs to run. And it's like, well, or his system sucks. I I don't know how to properly. This is the tough thing about our show. Yeah, the answer is always somewhere in the middle. I don't know how to properly evaluate <clears throat> this because when you see a good system, you see it. And when you see a shaky system with bad decision-making, a quarterback, you go, is this the system's fault or the quarterback's fault? <laughs> you just go, NFL systems are like porn. I don't know how to explain it, but I know it when I see it. That's kind of the angle we're going. But I agree with you there. Like, are there porns that I don't know what I'm seeing? No, it's like you know it when you see it. When you see porn, you know that it's porn. When you see a good offensive system, I don't know how to explain it, but I sure. can, when I see it, it's like, ah, that's a good system. I like that system. Like somebody texted in, he misses so many he reads does. at the basic level. He might benefit from some design runs, but he cannot make basic check down uh, progressions. I'm not trying to sit here and defend that Justin Fields is like a top five quarterback in the NFL. That's not what I'm saying. I think you're saying Justin Fields is porn. <laughs> what, he is porn, yeah. What I am saying is he has not been put in any kind of position to succeed. Like I, I, We can go to this next because we're already way against it. Yeah, I know. There's another quarterback in the NFL that if I would have told you in college he was going to be better than Justin Fields, you would have laughed at me first off. I know I would have laughed at myself. And the way the team has handled his progression is night and day. And you could already see it early in their careers. And people are talking about this guy being one of the next big things in the league. Okay. I have no clue who you're talking about with that tease. But I'm still stuck on calling it a 69 and on 86. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. I, I'm sorry. My brain doesn't work properly at 6 a.m. That's my bad. We got a loaded show today. A football Friday. No KT. He's on a plane. But we got a spring line pick. So uh, send those spring line sponsors in. At the Fantex line, we'll get to that. Uh, Alex Gold's going to join us from Kansas City at 7.30 for real this time. Um, what's the bigger football game, Philly-Dallas or Kansas City-Buffalo? We want to talk about that. Uh, Oregon State-Washington State, we got a loaded show. A lot to get to during Sprague on the fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Spend my days with a woman unkind Smoke my stuff and drink This is a Football Friday edition of Dirt and Spray Brought to you by the Odyssey app On 1080 The Fan Alright, who's the quarterback? Dirt, you mentioned a quarterback before the break We were talking about Justin Fields and you know, I can you I think it's pretty clear to one listener's point, like when you watch him, you see that he's missing things. One hundred percent. But like I think you could also agree, I think that listener could agree, or people who agree with that opinion would also agree that system seems pretty awful to play in in what is modern day NFL football. Like if this was nineteen ninety four, they'd be humming. <laughs> they'd be winning games thirteen ten and we'd be excited, maybe pound the ball with Montgomery. But this is throw the football and be an all-pro quarterback, man. We're going to talk about the opposite of that game last night. We got a Mahomes-Allen game this weekend. And it's going to be funny to watch that because I will probably for a split second remember last night's game and go, God, what a difference of quarterback play we have. Thinking about that, Kansas City-Buffalo are playing this week, and it's not a primetime game. I, it's, it, it is. It's I, not on Thursday. It's not on Sunday night. It's not on Monday night. Dude, I thought about doing a segment on this of, like, just how that is blasphemy. Of me. Yes. If I'm a TV executive and a league, I don't give a damn. Mahomes-Allen needs to be a primetime game every time. <laughs> I don't care if Buffalo and Kansas City were just on primetime a week or two ago. They play. It doesn't matter. It needs to be a primetime game. Yeah. You cannot sell me that the Denver Broncos, especially now, but even preseason, you could not sell me the Denver Broncos were more important to have on for, like, their fourth primetime game. Yeah, they were an unknown commodity. The Bills and Chiefs are not an unknown commodity. Those are the two best teams in the AFC. It's yes. okay to say that out loud. Whether they meet in the AFC Championship, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but in the field stuff, I said, I can see that he's missing. And yet, I can't properly evaluate what is the scheme problem versus he's just not that good. Because you can see it's both. Yeah. Now, maybe it's far more fields than it is scheme. But I'm not equipped 
and certified to tell you that. But you said there's a quarterback that is better, and the team is setting him up better. Who are you talking about? It's easy. It's Jalen Hurts. So if I would have told you in college that Jalen Hurts, and now he's been in the league one more year than Fields, so to be fair, this is year three for Hurts, year two for Fields. Um, but if I would have told you watching Jalen Hurts at Alabama and watching Justin Fields at Ohio State that that guy's going to be the better NFL quarterback, you'd laugh at me. Yeah, There's no way you believe that, Oklahoma right? might have been different. Maybe. He put up good numbers at Oklahoma, so the perception of him changed a little bit. Just just think about how the last couple of off-seasons have gone, right? The the Eagles draft Jalen Hurts as kind of a stash away. What was he, a third-round pick, right, I want to say? Uh, uh, Second-round second pick. Late, yeah. late second-round pick, okay? Yeah. They still had Carson Wentz, and it's like, what are we doing? <clears throat> Whatever. He's there on the board. Let's take him. They grab him. All of a sudden, end of the year, he's your guy, and they're like, all right, well, let's let's see what Jalen Hurts has. The, after one offseason, they go into year two. In what direction do they go as an organization? They change the offense that they're running to fit what Jalen Hurts is good at. He's a great runner of the football. He's not an elite thrower. He's a great runner. They have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. They've invested wisely there. I think you'd say they have the best offensive line Right, in they're in the argument. They drafted a wide receiver with a top 10 pick that won a Heisman Trophy to give him an elite weapon to throw the ball to. And then in his second offseason, what do they do? They went out and traded for... A.J. Brown, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, to give him another weapon uh, to work with. So not only are they fitting the offense around him, they have an elite offensive line, and he has two elite targets to throw to. This is the tough part that I have with Justin Fields or any other young quarterback that struggles. It might be that Justin Fields just isn't that dude. That could be the answer. He doesn't look good. What I don't like, though, is when you get NFL teams that try and fit a quarterback into a system that they are not comfortable at, they don't put them in a position to succeed. They don't spend money on the offensive line. Who's his best wide receiver? I mean, Darnell Mooney I, I is was, his best wide receiver? Yeah, I was going to say maybe it's Mooney, but like... Dante and, Pettis is his best wide receiver? Dante Pettis was a second-round bust pick by the 49ers. Like 30 years ago. I, I can't believe Dante Pettis is still in the league. I watched him in San Francisco. He was awful. He was and not he, good. He catches that touchdown pass, and I'm like, that dude never made a catch like that. Ever I actually didn't think he got it. I didn't think he had control of it before he got both feet down. Really? Yeah, he had it, and he looked like he bobbled it, and then one foot went down, and I then thought the other they foot was out That's why I thought it was yeah. a... But anyways, like I was like, that was our one chance for a touchdown. I'm like, they're totally going to over, uh, overturn this. But these, these are the examples I point to. Like, again, it might not be on fields. I just, I look at this from Chicago's point of view. If I use the capital that they use to draft Justin Fields, you're clearly sending the message that this guy's going to be our, we want this guy to be our franchise quarterback. Matt Nagy's there as your head coach. You fire him after one year. All right, let's go get a new head coach. Where do they go? They go defense. They go get a defensive coordinator. You know, what's my theory? What are we doing here? You don't go defense. I, I, this right? is my hot take. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. you. 100%. On top of that, what kind of money did they spend this offseason in free agency on their offense? Oh, I mean, they didn't even they upgrade have, their offensive line. They have more cap space available than any team in yeah. the NFL. They had an elite weapon in Allen Robinson, who now we're all wondering what he is because he's not getting targets in, in L.A. But he was a great wide receiver in Chicago. What do they do? They didn't sign him. They let his ass walk in free agency. Now he's an L.A. Ram. Like, I, I look at these two examples, and again, Justin Fields might not have it, but there are plays during the game where he shows flashes. Like when there's when they're playing cover zero and there's no spy in the middle of the field and he just takes off and runs. Like, dude, that guy's an elite athlete. Why is he not running a zone read scheme? Why are you not get, look, calling Greg Roman and saying, "Hey, come be our head coach. Let's run this offense with Justin Fields in Chicago." I just I don't get it. 
He might not be the guy, but I don't think they've done anything to put him in a position to succeed. Yeah, the funny thing is Greg Roman gets criticism, but at least, like, look at what Baltimore did. They were like, yo, yes. we're taking this kid. This is our dude. Let's build an offense around him. And they went completely different. They were Joe Flacco. They were yes. big stiffy back yes. there. He did it in San Francisco with Kaepernick, too. They he ran did. a different offense from Alex Smith to Kaepernick because Kaepernick was a unicorn, and he ran like a gazelle. And it's like, why don't we harness this and put it in a position to win? Can I ask you a very random question on a football Friday? Yeah. What is it about the city and the team of Chicago that lends itself to say, never good on offense? I'm going through it right now. Points per game. I'm going through points per game. I am honestly baffled and wondering as I go through year by year. I'm wondering if the Bears have ever been top 10 in my life. Because when you think Chicago Bears, you think, Defense. Defense. 85 Bears. You then think Chris Farley pounding his chest yeah. in a Bears jacket. Mini Dick Cup. Like, you just, you, you don't, you never have thought offense. Maybe you go, well, it's great. Well, it's great. Great. Hey, can you name a quarterback that is of consequence? Jim McMahon won the Super Bowl. God bless you. Also had the 85 Bear defense. They're not winning that Super Bowl without that defense. No. And so my point is, what what is it about Chicago that just, they never care about offense. Why? Why do they never, Jay Cutler even comes in, and it's like, eh, I don't know how great that offense really is. What is it about Chicago? Why don't they ever care about offense? I don't know. You I don't know what know. it is? They need a damn dome. <laughs> I don't know. They need a dome. <laughs> they need because a they dome. play in this ice weather, and they're the like, we're going to run the football night. and play strong defense. I don't, it's so, I don't know how to answer that. It's so hard. It's hilarious how some teams, like the Browns are the same way. How long did the Browns try and draft a franchise? They went 20 years coming back to Cleveland, and they couldn't find a franchise quarterback. 2018, like, they were 10th. 2018, top 10, baby. I, I don't remember that team at all. Do you? No. That might have been Mitchell Trubisky's rookie year. Oh, yeah, I probably was, right? What it was ran it? the ball? Was it Nagy? Was that the coach? Uh, yeah, Matt Nagy was there. Yeah, I'm not. There's just not a whole lot of Chicago being in your top ten. Yeah, even when they made the random Super Bowl and they played uh, Peyton. Yeah. Even when they made that Super Bowl, they weren't a great offensive team. It was team. Rex Grossman. Yeah, Rex Grossman was your starter. Dude, I'm going back. I just, that, that 2018 Yeah, 2018 season. was year two for Mitchell Trubisky. He threw 24 touchdowns and 12 picks. Jeez. Just not good. He was eleven and three though. It's and it's in this league as as little as we know on the okay twenty thirteen they were fourth uh-huh. to Jay Cutler's credit. Uh-huh. Jokes on me. Top five baby. There you go. Points per game. That's just points per game by the way, not anything else offensively. But there's just in the end, just know it when you see it. <laughs> you know I can show you a Kyle Shanahan game, and you can argue about Jimmy Garoppolo, but like you can watch them and go, that's a good offense. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's good scheme. They're getting guys open. Yeah. They're putting the ball in their playmakers' hands. And they also have guys, they have playmakers to get the ball to. Chicago doesn't have any playmakers. David Montgomery's a fine running back. Don't get me wrong, but like it would be nice to have Debo Samuel and George Kittle to throw the ball to. I think Justin Fields would look a little bit better if he did. Well, they're just also, they're, um, they're NBC affiliate over there. They do a post-game show, and I saw a guy, it was Brant, he's like, this kid's good. What did they do on offensive line? They didn't do anything. <laughs> and I'm like, God. They're yelling about this team because like, of what you're pointing at. No offensive line help, no real weapons. And yet we come in and we're all like, yo, I watched him not be good. Everybody's joking on Twitter last night, Justin Fields in the red zone, and there are videos of guys throwing T-shirt cannons in basketball yeah, games. Yeah, it's this just like, better. yeah, it's not great. But Dante Pettis is maybe your second best option. 
and you didn't upgrade your offensive line, I, I, I don't know what to like, make. What do you it's expect? Just, that's that's, that's the good. whole point. Like I, I get that he's missing guys. I get that there's times when you're watching the all twenty two that it doesn't look pretty. Um, but I, I think ultimately as a quarterback, if you play in front of such a porous offensive line. And every time you're asked to stand in the pocket and throw, you're getting hit and you're getting knocked to the ground. Like, how many times was that dude on the ground last night? He looked like he was dead. Like, at the end of the first half, even on that touchdown throw, like, every time he's in the pocket, he gets hit. He gets knocked to the ground. Like, I understand why he's missing guys. He's he's worried about getting his ass beat in the pocket every single time he throws the football. Like, that's going to make you take your eyes off of the secondary and go, okay, I'm in survival mode, and i got to figure out a way to get out of here. We're against it, but i got to ask you, the biggest upset last night, though, is that Amazon did acknowledge on the game broadcast Good the Dan Snyder stuff, right? And Kirk Herbstreit didn't want to touch it, you coward. Good for them. Oh, Kirk Herbstreit, coward. Tickle me surprise. He didn't say a damn peep. Didn't say any. Al Michaels out All here over like, it. yo, get him the Sell hell out the of this team. league. I <laughs> loved it. Kirk, uh, Kirk was over there quiet. Al's a legend for that. All right, uh, coming up next, we pivot into some college football, some big games this week, and let's dive in there next. But first, Jordan with the sports update. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. of Dirt and Spray. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. If you want to uh, go to a dinner with Tina Kotek, you can pay 10 G's and get a photo. <laughs> That's an expensive-ass photo, man. You know, what I, you know what I want to run for office and do someday? That photo would have to be, like, minimum is a 24 by 36. Oh, you got to get it blown up. Framed yeah. in your house. Ha- like, you have to blow a photo grand. up like that if you're spending 10 G's to take yeah, a photo. I, spending money like that on anything. Political just doesn't make any sense to me. But I, uh, I, I came to the conclusion the other day that I want to start a campaign, like a, not a GoFundMe, but like a change.org or whatever. We need to petition cable companies for the ability to opt out of political ads. Oh, dude, it's it's ridiculous. Like if you want, if you don't know who you want to vote for, if you want to learn more about these people, and you think you learn about these people in television ads, then more power to you. You can watch all the ads you want. As an American citizen, I should have the ability to go to Comcast and say, I don't want to see these anymore. Yeah. For the love of God, make it stop. I was at a. Uh, where was I? I was waiting for. Oh, I think I was at like a, a, a food shop waiting for some food to get cooked, and uh, you know, I'm sitting there at a table waiting and there's like a line of people and i i go on a video on my twitter to watch it's a sports highlight and it starts off and i didn't know my phone volume was up and it's like i'm tina kotak and i'm just like oh 
<laughs> turn it off. Turn I'm it like, off. great. Now I look like the guy who's like all um, in, super Tina Kotek. Oh, uh, well, you over there wearing your Birkenstocks, huh? Huh? <laughs> Eating your kale? Go to her Twitter account, by the way. Tina Kotex? She has a photo. They did a thing in, I think, Medford. She went to Medford, and she tweets out this photo. Thanks for all the love and support. And it was her walking to the venue, I think, where they were doing a debate. And there's like eight people. And I said, who okayed this photo? And the caption, thanks for all the support. There's like eight people here. What are we doing? What are you doing? Uh, to be honest, than 200 paid supporters in a photo, right? Just saying. I, I well, think I think I'd all eight people work for her. I think they're just her coworkers. <laughs> Yeah, the old Breezy's in town today, isn't he? I, uh, I thought I saw a thing. in town, the huh? Breezy and the Steezy's in you town. Know, I don't They're know. like what... shutting down the streetcar. If you got to go anywhere in the streetcar, tough luck to you, buddy. What time does he? What time does it land? Because I will say the one thing I want to see, I usually get a good look at the airplanes from my house. I'd love to see Air Force One in the air. Like, that is a pretty <laughs> badass plane. Have, have what, either of you actually seen it in person? I've been in Air Force One. Humble oh. brag. Yeah. When did you go in Air Force One? Um, I can't disclose that information. <laughs> no, there's uh it's not Okay, the- Brian Williams. Yeah. Are you serious? Wow. I was shot down in Afghanistan. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> we rolled out of the helicopter. My arm was on fire. It was an experience. <laughs> Brian Williams was never in Afghanistan. You're yanking no. my chain right uh, now. Not this Air Force One, but the one they had in the sixties with uh Ah, the old with, Air Force with One. JFK. Okay. It's in Boeing Airfield. Oh, that's badass. And so I went into that one. I was like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. It was pretty nice for back then. Uh, we have a family joke. My uh, I used to have a she is no longer serving, but I had a uh, a relative who was in the uh was in the House of Representatives, and uh-huh. he passed away, and then his wife took his seat, and she served in the House of Representatives. Is that how that time. works? It, you can choose to, yeah, in, in the immediate. But then you have really? to, you, once the term's up, you have to run for gotcha. re-election. And she ran for re-election. She won a, a bunch. She was in office for a long time. She recently retired. But we had, before 9-11, you could go do, like, cool tours of the White House and of the Congress and of all of that. And then after 9-11, they kind of shut it down, and you couldn't really go see anything. So this is pre-9-11. We took a family trip to D.C., and she set up, like, an awesome tour of the White House for us. And we were walking around the White House. And while we, I still give my brother crap to it to this day. They Basically, they're like, hey, there's a bathroom at the start of it. If you got to go to the bathroom, go now. There's not going to be another bathroom for a while. <laughs> my brother didn't go. And, like, halfway through the tour, he had an emergency. Like, I got, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in my pants if something doesn't happen right now. Oh, no. And so he had to have, like, a Secret Service agent usher him to a bathroom. And use it. So we always joked. I think Clinton was still in office at the time. We always joke like, you, you, you took a dump in Clinton's bathroom, dude. That's badass, man. That smells awful. <laughs> yeah. what, what the hell is that? What's going on dude, in my bathroom? That's a really good Clinton impersonation. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I got a couple impersonations. Now I'm picturing him walking in to a Sam Johnson like a dump. Yeah, the waddling in there. Bill's in there with Monica. Do you want to do that one more time? <laughs> oh, what does that smell? <laughs> oh, P.U. <laughs> <laughs> Clinton would totally be a yeah. PU guy. 100% a PU guy. He would guy. absolutely be a PU guy. I've shared this story. I love a good bathroom story. <laughs> My little brother's friend growing up, his dad's a diehard Blazer fan. We got the first tour of the Rose Garden when it just got built and the yeah. Blazers were going to play there. The first It was their first year playing in there. And we got the very first tour and we got the locker room tour. And in the locker room tour, we're looking like this is where they're going to set up and all of a sudden, you hear this gasp, and everybody goes, oh, my God, and we turn around, 
and in the locker room. The first piss in the Blazers locker room is my brother's little buddy <laughs> who couldn't hold it. And he saw go. a urinal, and not only did he pee. I got to go. He dropped all the way. His trowel was at the bottom, and he was just full-on naked at a urinal with his butt cheeks out. <laughs> That's how you got to go, It's man. one of the funniest images I've ever seen in my life of, like, how appalled everybody was. <laughs> And then how funny the moment was, because it's the first pee in the in the rose garden. You should get the. I, I would get that tattooed. First rose garden peer. <laughs> put that put that on your arm, man. That's a that's a bragging point. Pu. Pu. He would be a pu guy. What does that smile? Uh, all right, let's move off the politics and let's get into sports. We we like to mix our sports and our politics on this show. You guys know that. Yeah, somebody said there should be one week of campaigning and you should limit the amount of money you can raise. A, yeah, yeah money I mean, thing is 100% valid. The, probably the biggest profit. But I love that. Like, you should get, like, there should be a week we all designate that we know we're going to get inundated with ads. It's going to be all over radio. It's going to be all over TV. Like, whatever week you want to make. Like, the second week of October, a month before the election, you, you, you spam the hell out of me with all the ads that you want, and then you're done. Mm. That's it. I'll, I'll consume them, and then it's over. We're screwed. I don't like any of these candidates. No, we I've, I've read about yeah. all of them. Not yeah. a fan. Not good. Not good, Bob. Uh, all right, coming up next, college football. Hey. Big weekend. Big weekend of college football. Will we get some upsets? We'll talk about it next on The Fan. This is the story about Billy Joe and Bobby Sue. Two young lovers with nothing better to do. This is a Football Friday edition of Dirt and Spray. What? By the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. We'll, uh, we'll get to the Pac-12, Oregon State, Washington State. Am I wrong on my feel for this game? There's a lot of stats that favor one side of the football here. And so what is it that leaves me fearful as a Beaver fan? Uh, it is a bye week for Oregon, so there's no Oregon stuff. Although I do think it's a fair question to ask, what would you give Dan Landing as a grade midway point of year one? Ooh, grades. I love I love in-season grades. Who doesn't love a good in-season love grade? It. Love a good in-season grade. We all need a progress report. We do. I didn't like them particularly as a student because uh, they didn't always lend themselves to be the greatest of review, but uh, let you know where you stand. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get into the uh, that as well. And then the NFL. I mean, there's a lot of really good, intriguing NFL games. I can sell you on some games you might not care about. We have an Andy Dalton revenge game this weekend. <laughs> we do. And I'm betting against Andy Dalton. I love that, actually. Um, and then we'll talk with Alex Gold in Kansas City, 610 Sports Radio, Chiefs Bills. I mean, Mahomes is a dog at home. Has that ever happened before? What no. is his stat? First time 40, ever, right? 41 starts. He's never been a dog at home. This is the first time he's going to be a dog. Remarkable. It's Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Um, Brett McMurphy put up a poll question. Which top 25 matchup will be the most competitive and have the closest final? And these were his four options because Twitter's still stupid and doesn't let you have like eight. Okay. Alabama at Tennessee. Oklahoma State at TCU. Penn State at Michigan. Or USC at Utah. Now, before you answer that, I was discouraged by this. He had over 8,000 votes on this poll question. And USC Utah got 13%. It was dead last in this poll. And I don't think that's a representation of people thinking it's not competitive or it's not close. I think it's more people not caring about that game versus caring far more about Penn State, Michigan, Oklahoma State, TCU, which should be a good game, and Alabama at Tennessee. Will we get an upset and that leaves me a little sad because Utah's season, it's not—it's going in the direction it didn't want to go. They're still really good. 
and USC is undefeated. Yeah. And it, it feels like outside of our bubble, America still does not care about us. Well, I would argue in this case they're right, and they probably shouldn't. Um, as If I try to look at this as an unbiased viewer, I'm excited for that game because it's USC's last remaining challenge outside of UCLA. I'm excited about the game because Utah was the team we all kind of thought was going to probably win the conference again. They already have a conference loss. If they lose this one, you'd argue that that eliminates them. You have you would have USC without a conference loss and a head-to-head win over Utah. You'd have UCLA, at least still for now, without a conference loss and a head-to-head win over Utah. And Oregon still doesn't have a conference loss. So you'd be two games behind all three of those teams with head-to-head losses against two of them. So it all but eliminates you. you got to go to Oregon later in the year. They need to win this game to stay alive in the Pac-12 race. But in, in this case, in this example, they're right. I mean, Oklahoma State, TCU is a better game than USC-Utah because both teams are undefeated. Alabama-Tennessee is undoubtedly a better game because... You really think Oklahoma State-TCU is a better game than USC-Utah? Just because they're both undefeated. Just because... uh, Maybe it's unfair, but they're both undefeated at this point in the season. What football game are you more excited to watch? Now, take the records away. Well, of course, I'm a Pac-12 fan guy. I'm more excited to watch USC-Utah. I'm more excited for USC-Utah, to be honest with you, than I am even Penn State-Michigan. Ooh, I don't know if I'd go that far. I just... Big Ten football can be... Oh, it'll be ugly. Very boring. It'll be ugly. It'll be boring. But I I don't know what either of those teams are. And so I'm really excited to watch that game just to learn. Like, Penn State's got a couple of nice wins on the season. Uh, J.J. McCarthy has taken over at Michigan, and people are wondering, like, is this finally the quarterback for Jim Harbaugh? Is they he, comped him to Harbaugh right? as a player. Is he going to take him to the next level? Is he the guy that can get him to the playoff and then win a playoff game because he's a dual threat and Quorum's having another good year? Michigan's favored by a touchdown in this game. That seems like a lot of points. Like, I'm genuinely excited for that game. But it feels like Alabama-Tennessee is probably your game of the weekend with the caveat of where's Bryce Young? Is he healthy? And if he doesn't play, Tennessee's got a great chance to win that game uh, tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. Um, the Bryce Young thing changes everything. I went from cocky, sniffing Tennessee backer to the lines dropped to seven now, which means, and if you go look at the money, it a lot of people enter on Tennessee. And you know, I'm nervous for Rocky Top. I'm just nervous. Bryce Young comes out. I mean, he was on the sidelines last week and he just didn't play. He was in uniform. He was a game-time decision. They let him go through warm-ups. And we are talking about Alabama here. We are. Who is, like, number one in every category in their conference. <laughs> They're a good football team. They're pretty stinking good. Pretty good. And um, I don't know if I'm as confident in that pick now. I hope Tennessee can do it for my college football has actually some parity this year uh-huh. argument, but... I'm, as we, we are now a day away, I'm like, mm, not as trusting in that pick as I once was because now everybody <laughs> is on seems Tennessee. to be on Tennessee, and Bryce Young's probably going to play. Yeah, if he plays, I just I don't see how Tennessee wins this game. I would love to be wrong there. Alabama damn near lost to Texas on the road when Bryce Young played, right? So there's, there's your argument against the point that I'm making. I will say it is fun this year. One, one of these is, is painfully fun, um, but I, I like seeing programs that are good for college football be back relevant again. And you have, you have a number of those this year. You do have a number of like them. USC a good point. is in the top 10 yeah. again. And again, that one's painful because they're leaving the conference and it might be the end of the Pac 12. But it's, college football is better when USC is good. Yes. You need to have an elite program out on the West Coast. And USC seems to be heading in that direction. Texas with Quinn Ewers, when you look at their numbers and metrics when he's under center, they're one of the five best teams in the country. Yeah. And so having Texas be, I know they already lost twice. They lost that game to Texas Tech. They're clearly a different team when Quinn Ewers is in. He was the number one player in the country coming out of high school. They should have beaten Alabama, hell, even though he got hurt in that game. 
Uh, but Texas being back and being relevant, I think, is great for the sport. And then Tennessee, like, even if Alabama does what I think Alabama's going to do this weekend, which is probably win that game by two touchdowns, it's still that atmosphere, having Tennessee be back relevant again. Like, I, that was some of my more formidable years as a college football fan were watching, the you know, the first BCS National Championship or Peyton Manning and T. Martin, Peerless Price, like all those Tennessee teams that were Peerless legit. Price. And then they just All-time disappeared. Name. They disappeared for they 20 did. years. Yeah. And now it seems like they're back and they're relevant. I don't think they're going to win tomorrow, but that atmosphere in Knoxville is going to be insane. They fired Philip Fulmer. Not that he wasn't deserving of it kind of at the end there, but they fired him and they just never recovered from that. I, I, I want to talk more about that. I think it's an interesting point that you bring up. And something else that you hinted at there that I want to talk about. So let's get to the second hour. We'll talk Oregon State, Washington State, and college football this week. And it's a, it's a really good slate of uh, potential upset games and who is who's of college football. We'll do that next hour two on 1080 The Fan. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.